from the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14. This is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Google backed up the truck and dumped all its latest tech toys into our studio. Not all of them. Alan's still missing those translation earbuds. But don't worry, they're coming. But we'll find out from Google Canada's Maria Cortellucci why the Pixel Buds aren't the babblefish, or babelfish, as Michael says, you expected. And when we expect the Star Trek Universal Translator to come aboard. We'll also talk about the next generation way to interact with your home. Google Home isn't just about music and weather. Plus, an important announcement about the future of this big show. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Oh, hey. Yes. Oh, you finally got your iPhone 10. Yes, it is um, big and beautiful and it feels good in my hand and there's no home button and I'm, I'm freaking out with it there you, you are not do, the only one well yeah because you have to do some swipe ups oh see now it's, I won't what did you and that's the problem the swipe up used to do something completely different for all your previous iPhones. yeah and then you have to if you go to the top there's actually diagonal swipes that bring up different things what yeah okay so if you swipe from the bottom you're supposed to be able to see uh, what happens when you swipe from the bottom? Diagonal as in from the bottom left to the upper right? Well, no, yeah, because what if you want to see what apps are running in the background, you swipe from one of the corners at the bottom, and it won't work for me now because I can't quite get it right. But then if you swipe from the top upper right corner, then you get your control panel. And then if you swipe anything, and then if you swipe from the upper left corner, you get uh, your search and your, your app selections. I'm lost. It's 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 going to take me a while to get used to this. I keep banging the bottom of the screen looking for the home button, but uh, so far that's the only problem. I've, it, there's a learning curve to it, but I do like my. my You're not uncomfortable it. having this conversation, knowing that we're just about to talk to Google and they sent us those new Pixel phones. Oh, listen! Not only do I listen, I have the Pixel phone. I have the VR um, headset. I have, what else did they send? A case. But I also went out and bought a whole pile of Google Home products. Oh, yeah. And I have a, a Wi-Fi, a Google Wi-Fi mesh in the house now. So uh, I may be using my iPhone 10, but I have spent well over $1,000 on Google stuff recently. I was planning to run out and buy that a HomePod from Apple December 15th when it came out. And so I started buying some of that smart home technology that does the home kit that talks mm-hmm. to the, the HomePod. And, you know, I get all these notifications and buried within the notifications of this is when this product is expected to be delivered. This is when you'll expect this. I get another notification that Apple has pushed back the HomePod release until the new year. Yeah. And we're not going to get it at first. United uh. States, United States, UK and Australia at first. They've blown this one because this is the Christmas that everybody is going to get into smart speakers. They've totally blown it. And, and and they're missing out on this foundational shopping season for people getting into this new technology. So Alexa, um the Google or sorry, the uh the Amazon Echo products, there are market leader. There are there are but, as but many it's crap. Pe- well, it doesn't matter. There are as many people with Amazon Echoes as there are smartwatches in the United States. That's the kind of penetration it has. I looked at that, saw that stat earlier today. And now Google is charging hard in second place with their Google Home stuff, which I have to tell you, works really, really well. 
In fact, I have a Google Home and yep. two Google Minis. I'll tell you right now, do not waste your money on the Amazon Alexa, uh, even though my company, which has laid off a whole shit ton of people, uh, has prominently been featured on it. The problem with the Amazon Alexa is that you have to teach it what you want to ask it, whereas with the Google and expected the Siri-based Apple HomePod, you don't need to teach it skills. So an Alexa doesn't know what one plus one is unless you give it the math skill. But how do I know what I want to ask it until I want to ask it? Why do I have to go sit in front of my computer and upload a bunch of skills to the thing that I don't know whether or not I'm going to need? Well, that's the problem of not having these giant server farms with the, the AI intelligence that we have with Apple and, and Google, I guess. But they do, because Amazon's got Amazon Web Services, which is massive. Yeah, but that, that's, that's storage. That's not necessarily... It's very weird. Yeah, so... I don't get it. I like my Google Home. You know what? I like the Google Home as I've got it right now as well. And here's the thing that I'm learning is that um, as I'm advancing my plan to rip out all my 15-year-old smart home technology and replace it with Apple HomeKit-based technology, one thing that's missing from that big technological leap is a, is a, 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 a single gang box switch that has multiple buttons on it. Like right now, I'm looking at a button on my box on my desk that controls the lights to the office, that also controls the light that's behind the Mac itself. If my garage door is open, a little red light lights up. I've got the baby monitor button that flashes the lights if the little one gets out of bed. None of that exists in HomeKit. So if I want to set the house to night mode, I don't have a button to push. And that's when I realized that that's because Google and Apple and all the others are advancing voice control. So instead of hitting a button for night mode and dimming all the lights on the main floor while we hang out in the family room, I would just have to say, Siri, turn off the lights on the main floor. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I just launched my my Siri. The problem (laughs) with it, of course, is that when you're climbing into bed and your spouse is already asleep, the last thing you want to do is go, Siri, turn off all the lights in the house. Yeah, that's true. Um, I Google Home does have. Let me just check the app. There's a Google Home. Let me see. No, I, you're right. I don't think I can do that for my Google Home app. Can I? No. Interesting. It only sets up my apps, uh, my my devices. Yeah, I'm I'm still a little weirded out by talking to my house. Yeah, I'll I'll ask Google Home for the temperature for if the Leafs won last night or you know what the headlines are of the day that kind of stuff, uh, but I, I I'm not having conversations with it about getting the house to do things that I would normally do like turn off lights, turn up the heat, uh, open the back door, lock the front door, that kind of thing. It's coming. So now that Google sent us all these toys, we got to ask them all these questions about it. Joining us now uh, from Google Canada is Maria Cortellucci. Maria, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I'm glad you're here because I do have some questions about my Google Home and a couple of other things. Great. Well, I hope I can help answer them. You know, she doesn't work for tech support, right? <laughs> doesn't matter. She's here. She's going to get some tech support questions. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? It's part of my job. So I, I, if I can't help, I'll find someone who can. What, what is your job? Uh, so I'm a communications manager at uh, Google Canada, and I lead uh, everything hardware and a few other things as well. Wow. Close enough to tech support. Great. Okay. Right. Exactly. So what's the biggest thing on your plate right now? 
The biggest thing. Well, uh, as you guys know, uh, you are the recipient of most of it. Um, we uh, we just launched our new Made by Google uh, hardware family this year, new members to our family this year that we're really excited about. So we um, we introduced a new evolution of our Pixel phone. Uh, we added a small but mighty addition to the Google Home family with the Mini. Um, we also evolved our Daydream View VR headsets, so they're much cooler looking and they're smarter. Uh, we introduced a new high-end Chromebook, which is called the Pixelbook. Um, and of course, we also brought uh, Pixel Buds, which are our smart wireless earphones. So I've been a little busy. <laughs> which which are the earbuds that do the uh, instantaneous translation? That's the Pixel Buds, man. Yeah, those are the Pixel Buds. They so you uh, we have uh, Google Translate on them, so you can help uh, through your assistant. Okay, uh, I don't I don't have translate. the. I don't have the Pixel Buds. I have the wireless headphones. Okay, we're going to need to rectify that. We'll get, we, you, uh, yeah. because, we'll get okay. you a pair of Pixel Buds. And listen, Maria, <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm going to Vietnam in about 10 days. Okay, okay. so I'll make sure to get you some before you go, for sure. Because, they are actually great for traveling. They're great. Because I do not want to end up, I'm going to Hanoi. <laughs> I do not want to end up in John McCain's prison. No. So, Ouch. Uh, oh, I don't think you will. Too soon. <laughs> but you know what? They'll help. The Pixel Buds can help with that for sure. Oh, please, 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 please. Because I'm also going to Thailand too. So as long as, as, as Vietnamese and Thai are included in the 40 languages that this thing babble fishes me, uh, I, I, I can't wait. He's going to Thailand for a thing. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Since, since you mentioned the Pixel Buds, let, let's start there because, um, you know, it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but the reviews have been fairly mixed so far. This is version 1.0 of what is ultimately going to be an incredible technology that we all will enjoy. Yeah, I, I, that's a fantastic way of putting it, and I, I can definitely agree with you there. There are very our first wireless Bluetooth earphones, um, and uh, you know, as with everything, like we we constantly want to improve them and we want to get them better over time. Um, so we definitely think that as of right now, they deliver a pretty premium audio experience, and they kind of give you the freedom to move around without getting tangled up in cords. You've got this awesome like pocketable charging case so you re can recharge on the go, and then as as you mentioned earlier, they've got um, uh, the Google Assistant on them. So they're the first, actually not the first, but they're one of the first few um, wireless headphones with the Assistant on them. So um, we're, we're, ha we're really happy and we're proud of them. But of course, there's always room for improvement. Um, and so this is just day one for us when it comes to making our own wireless Bluetooth earphones. And we think that um, it's only going to get better from here. Well, well, two things on that then. When I talked to uh, people in the television industry about 3D TV, the explanation given to me was, you're not buying a 3D TV, you're buying a TV with 3D, which is a very specific difference. Uh, is this a case of these are Google headphones that do this translation for you, or are they translation headphones that happen to be wireless headphones? That, you know what? That's a really great clarifying question. Um, so they are wireless headphones. And the thing that's cool about Google Tech is that we kind of open the door to all of this awesome software. Um, so what we do on these wireless headphones is connect you to the assistant and connect you to like the world of Google apps. So through um, the assistant, you get access to Google Translate, which is a really popular Google app. And then we've, we basically, our, our engineers have made it so that it's a pretty seamless experience so that you're able to access Google Translate straight from the Pixel Buds. Vietnam boy? No, that, <laughs> no, that, that's, that sounds good to me. So uh, I will take my uh, Pixel 2 XL and get a SIM card locally. And yeah. that way I will have all the data that I possibly need to power these things. Yes. 
yeah, you'll get, you'll get real time translation. Um, you'll basically, it's super easy to do. All you have to do on the pixel buds to access Google translate is just touch and hold the right earbud. And then you activate the assistant. Um, and then you can say basically any of the following prompts. So you can say, um, you know, help me speak Thai or how do I say, um, this in Thai and I can, I can triple check for you what languages it supports, but I'm pretty sure Vietnamese is one of them. And yes, actually just confirming now Thai is definitely one of them. So you should be good on your trip. These are okay. I can't wait to try this because we're dealing with tonal languages and, mm-hmm. and Thai and Vietnamese are amongst the most complex of all the tonal languages. So mm-hmm. if this, if this technology can actually help me order a, uh, a good Vietnamese sandwich, or to keep from being ripped off in the gallery where my wife wants to buy a painting, uh, I'm all in. <laughs> oh, okay. So you have you have to try it. You have to do it. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be a really great help on your. It'll be a great assistance, no pun intended, um, on your trip. And you have to let me know how it, how it goes for sure. Okay, I'm waiting. Oh, good. <laughs> may, may, maybe part of the, the the complaint about version 1.0 is that maybe our expectations are set a little too high. You said something that that piqued my curiosity because my assumption, and you know what happens when you make an assumption, you make an ass out of me and an umption out of you, uh, was that this was constantly listening and constantly translating. But is that that's not the case? No, that's I don't, I don't believe so. You have to activate your assistant for it to for it to work by tapping your right ear, your right earbud. So it won't um, it won't translate until you've activated it. So how long before we get to the Star Trek Universal <laughs> Translator? Because that's really what everyone's expecting. I, you know what, that would be super cool. As a kid, I was, a, you know, big Star Trek, big Star Wars fan. So um, I, I would love something like that. Um, but unfortunately, I, there's nothing like that that we're coming out with anytime soon. Well, this is close. I mean, the yeah, idea of, good step. Of, of near simultaneous language translation and the computing power that that, that requires... I mean, it's a huge step over, you know, just a couple of years ago. I remember reading about these translation headphones um, when they first were proposed. Mm. And I thought, no way, they can't possibly work. There was another guy, I think, from France who uh, uh, had a Kickstarter program where he was doing these, the same kind of thing. I saw a demonstration of it. And although it was a very controlled demonstration, it was cool. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I'll give you my address. You can send me those buds. <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah, no problem. We can, we can certainly help with that. Hey, and, um, and here's here's another question. So so you sent us a whole bunch of stuff. When do we have to send it back? Uh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. You know, no the, one the, wants to. <laughs> The Google Home, we were talking about this before you joined us here in the studio, um, was of particular interest to me, not just from the assistant as I'm getting ready, you know, in in the morning, asking what the weather is, getting the news and and all that kind of stuff. The integration with everything else in your life, I suspect, is the ultimate selling point. You've got the phone, you've got your calendar built into it. It knows everything about you. And this is really the way you start your day. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So at the Google Home, I try not to pick favorites out of, you know, the Made by Google family. It's hard to pick a favorite child, but I'd have to say the Google Home is definitely one of my favorite products that we're offering this year, um, whether it's the Home or the Mini, um, because it really, it's it was the first place that you could access the Google Assistant on in terms of our tech, and it was just such a seamless and amazing integration. So again, like you mentioned, whether it's um, um, kickstarting your morning and you ask the Google 
assistant via Google home, um, on your, about your day, it'll give you this really awesome personalized briefing, or it's, if you're unwinding in the evening and you've set up some smart home devices, um, it's, which it's compatible with a ton. Um, you can use it to dim the lights using your voice, which is one of my favorite tools or one of my favorite ways to use it. You can use it to play music. You can use it to play, um, TV. It really makes just puttering around your house that much more seamless and that much more easy. It's crazy. When I first started using it, I was like, oh my God, the future is now. <laughs> like it was really interesting how seamless and how smooth it is in terms of um, a product that you that you use your voice with. I have to figure out how to use it to dim my lights because I do have a bunch of hue lights in the house. And they are connected through an app on my sorry, iPhone. But I haven't quite experimented enough to get Google Assistant to play with those lights. Okay. So it's actually really easy. So for someone that works at Google, like I'm not, you know, not as tech savvy as, uh, as, as you would think, um, or I wasn't at least when I started working at Google. And so it really, um, it didn't take me long to figure out. Like I even, I gave the Google home mini to, um, my mom who is, how old is she? She's like, she's going to kill me for telling you guys this. She's like 66 years old. <laughs> she, she's going to kill me. Mom, I hope you don't listen to this. Um, but, um, she, so she is also like, she just, started using email maybe like last month and I got her a Google home, um, for her birthday present this past summer. And like, she is a fanatic. She was able to set it up. I got her some smart home devices and she was able to do all of this on her own. And this is a person who literally just started using email like six months ago. Okay, okay. So let, it's let, easy. Let's... I will walk you through it. So you have let's... to get yeah. Let, wait, okay. I, before we do me, I'm looking, for, <laughs> I'm looking for a thing for my parents. 83 and 81. Again, they have a, a they have a PC. I, I should I get them a Google Home? Yes, yes. I like a thousand percent. Yes. Um, it is really, really fantastic. Um, for those types of use cases. So if you're elderly and you have a hard time getting around, um, you just use your voice to do stuff. It really makes things like that much easier. Um, and again, not that hard to set up. You could go over and you could help set it up for them. And even if they just use it to play music, like now they can do it without having to worry about like picking something up or like playing around with a computer. All you have to do is, okay, Google play, play Frank Sinatra and it'll do it. So it's pretty, it's a pretty awesome gift for, um, I mean, kids too, but also for, um, for those uh, a little bit older and maybe not as tech savvy. Okay. So Alan, if you get a Google home for your parents, you are the best son ever. Maria, <laughs> you are the worst daughter ever. I know. Oh no. You can't get Google products when you work at Google as gifts for people. We have, we have a family friend who was like a big shot at uh, Mattel and all we would get from, for our daughter was Mattel products. And he just sort of felt like he just went to the back storeroom and picked out whatever was still on the no, shelf. Saying, guys, guys, no, mom. no, no, no. I bought, this for my mom. I, I, I went out. I like those products so much. I spent my hard earned money on this. I bought it for my mom for her birthday. <laughs> mom, if you hear this, I bought you this. I thought about it for a while before I got it for you. I swear. I'm sorry for telling everyone how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like me giving everybody in my family BNN coffee mugs for Christmas. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so let, let's step back, though, and, and bring up one point that Alan made, which was that his primary device is iPhone, which is the case for me as well. Yep. And I, I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks to the adoption of Google Home and the greater integration of Google Home into uh, anyone's life is the platform of choice. Uh, the walled garden, as we had discussed in a previous episode, is so very high if you're an iPhone user to climb out of Steve Jobs' world and into Sergey Brin's world, how do you um, how do you accomplish that within Google? Because that must be a, a tremendous amount of time spent trying to convince people to extricate themselves from the clutches of Tim Cook. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and I think um, that does kind of speak to maybe Google's different approach in that we try to be friends with everyone, and, and Android as an ecosystem has always been an open platform, and we've tried to over the years, like you know, open it up to third parties and open it up to developers, and I think that's been something that for Google specifically we've held as kind of um, uh, you know like a stick in the stand, or we've been quite proud of it, about that fact. Um, and with Google Home, you can definitely you can use your uh, Apple or you can be an iPhone user and you can still use Google Home, and there's still smart home integrations that you can integrate into it with your iPhone. So we've specifically made sure that with Google Home, it would be compatible with um, both iOS and with Android phones. Um, and for us, that was just a practical thing to do, too, because there are a lot of Apple users out there, right? So we wanted to make sure that they would be able to um, also use the device. Okay, let's go back to my Hue lights. What do I do? <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> Okay, for your new lights, I will. I can walk you. I will send you. I'll email you step by step okay, instructions. Okay, please so I can do. Walk you this, but you literally just download the app, and then you on your Google Home app within the app on your phone, you should be able to um, pair it with a Philips Hue options. So it'll give you uh, it'll give you options to pair with smart home devices, and it will literally like find the devices um, uh, on your app. So I'll Maria, I'll, I'll send you some instructions. Maria, yes. Maria. You do realize that you're talking to a man who's probably only like five years younger than your mom. <laughs> Stop it! That's not true. <laughs> Don't say not, that. There's, there's nothing wrong with your mom being 66. Thanks. No, I agree. She's very cool. She's very hip. <laughs> so what's next as far as the evolution of all these toys you've sent us? Yeah, that's. I love answering that question because uh, I don't. Because you won't. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be honest. This is really. I mean, this is the second year for us. This is the second year for our, our this generation of hardware, and we've also introduced like brand new products. So, Google Home Max is this really awesome sound speaker that I think audiophiles will love. That's uh, coming out to Canada soon, um, and then there are a few other products you know that are are going to be coming down the line as well. Um, so, I like. I really think that. Um, one of my favorite things about Google, honestly, is that um, we improve as we go and things just get better over time. So when you look at something like the Google Assistant, we specifically say, like, listen, like this assistant will get better over time. The more you use it, the better it gets. And that's because we take user feedback really seriously and we integrate it into our devices. And the team here moves super, super quickly. So I like I honestly I don't know what's what we're gonna announce next year and what, what's gonna be happening, what new products will we bring to the table because the team does move so quickly and they do take such um, uh, feedback into account that I feel like it's stuff that we can't even think of yet. Okay, so one last um, thing that I need to know whether or not you've got with, with all the uh, with all the job cuts in, in media. Mm -hmm. You don't have a job in in, in your shop, do you? <laughs> do you? Just, just in case. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll take a look. I'll talk to HR. I'll talk to HR for you. <laughs> we work in broadcasting, and broadcasting is, well, 
<laughs> because of Google. But I, look at what you guys are doing. But like this, this, uh, this podcast that you have is fantastic. It's amazing. I think it's so unique to Canada too. And I love, I'm a big fan and I love it. And I know your audience is totally growing. So I think it's awesome. It's like a cool alternative form of news, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. It's so cool. Completely reassured me. Maria, thank you so much. No, thank you. I was lovely chatting with you both. And I'm so, it's such an honor to be here. Maria Cortellucci is from Google Canada. I want my earbuds. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll hook you guys up. I'll get them to you. <laughs> London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine. This is a GNB News Update. We have a new co-producer. That's that's really good. And I encourage everybody to sign up to Patreon, give us some money because I need money in my PayPal account because this is the time of year when my wife starts shopping online. And I have taught her how to use PayPal. And the only thing, you know, every once in a while, well, let's just put it this way. Uh, last year, uh, a, a bunch of stuff ended up under the tree that I ended up paying for. Actually, we ended up paying for because she used PayPal, which the only source of income I have coming in to PayPal is this program. So please help before my wife shops again. Well, with that in mind, this is kind of a long tail means of building the coffers in our PayPal account. Um, our co-producer is Harrison Scott Glassford, who was born literally a month ago. Oh, oh boy, he's doing well. <laughs> Craig Glassford's uh, the dad. Uh, he tells us that uh, he wants uh, to co-produce the new show under his uh, newborn son's name. Uh, his uh, son Harrison was born October 5th. And I, I asked, but I haven't found out yet whether or not Harrison is a direct relationship to his love of Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's a good point. But I know someone who named his son Indy, as in Indiana, as in Indiana Jones, which, as we know, was named after the dog. The dog? <laughs> you are named after the dog? <laughs> Got a lot of fond memories of that dog. I was just going to say. So we want to say thank you very much to Craig Glassford and his newborn son, Harrison Scott Glassford, and I suppose more importantly, Craig's wife who really did all the heavy lifting on making sure that we have a co-producer on this week's show. Would it be too too much to ask her to give us another one? <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, the business model of getting co-producers nine months at a time. Breeding our own co-producers. <laughs> exactly. And considering it costs something outrageous, like $250,000 to have a kid when it's all is said and done, uh, the the. The cost-benefit analysis just simply doesn't work out if we're going to keep going this way. But Craig, uh, through his son, or his son through Craig, uh, donated 25 bucks to the show, which makes them the co-producer of this episode and gives us time to talk uh, about you. We also want to thank others who have been uh, big supporters of the show through the World's Worst Intern Program. What makes it the world's worst is you pay us to work on the show. One dollar an episode, you don't do any actual work, and all we do is say thank you. Like we're saying thank you uh, to Roland Wood, who pledged a dollar per episode on the 19th of November. Thank Thank you for that. We want to say goodbye to Scott Coates because we also see who deleted uh, their account. Scott has been tremendously supportive of the show over the last few years. So thank you so much for that as well. Uh, others uh, on the big show over at Patreon, we want to say thank you to you as well because all of the cash that we make from the show gets plowed right back into it with the exception of when Alan's wife goes nuts. <laughs> She's discovered uh, there's a, a cycle house. And then there is another site. Oh, oh is that house with a Z in it? Yeah, that's a bad one. Oh, yeah, that's an expensive one. Yes, it is. So you're off to Vietnam. 
Well, it looks like that. We haven't had a vacation for a very long time, and uh, she, I gave her the opportunity to choose exactly where we would go. She wants to go to the north of Vietnam, and I'm not uh, going to disagree with her because I spent an awful lot of time watching the Ken Burns PBS series on Vietnam, and now I'm, I'm absolutely besotted with the country, and I want to, we've been to the south. Now we go to the north. Oh, hence the John McCain reference. Then. That's right, the Hanoi Hilton. So we have one more episode before we go on Christmas break. This is different from when we went on hiatus for 18 months without telling anybody. (laughs) We will be back with a brand new episode in the new year after next week's episode. So there's still one more to go. Yes. So don't panic just yet. So if you want an opportunity to be the co-producer on what is not the last episode... Uh, make sure you go to geeksandbeats.com, click the support the show link. There are multiple ways uh, to contribute to the show, and uh, we want to say thank you very much to everyone who made that possible. Next week, of course, it's the definitive gift guide for geeks, which means maybe your wife will go on the PayPal and spend some of the money on you. Oh, there's so much that I want this year. I, I would like another Google Mini. Um, I would like... What would, what would you What do you want? All I wanted was that HomePod, and Apple yeah. screwed me over. Yeah. So, so much for that. That's a bad one. I'll end up going into Best Buy and just wandering around until I buy something. Last year, I bought her a Roomba, and she loves it. Roomba's wow. good. Yeah. What a weird relationship you two have. My relationship with Wifey is every year, for the first three years we were together, every geek gift she got me was either dead on arrival, not the one I wanted, or the one I wanted, but it was just garbage. So we made a deal. She buys me socks and underwear, and then on Boxing Day, I go up and buy my own geek gifts. I think that's the safest way to keep it, to preserve a relationship. I, I highly, highly, highly... Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.